0: The MCAT Cars Podcast, session number 68. The car section of the MCAT gives thousands of pre-meds nightmares every night. Whether you're an ESL student, lack confidence while reading, or a slow reader like me, Jack Weston and the medical school headquarters are here to help you score higher in every section so you can be confident you're ready to get the MCAT score of your dreams. Welcome to the MCAT Cars Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray. I'm excited that you are joining me here, whether for your first time or for your 68th time here on the MCAT Cars Podcast that I do with my great friend, Jack Weston, the premier MCAT Cars tutor, who is really crushing it, helping students figure out how to perform better on the car section now the skills that he teaches here on the podcast, he goes even more in depth because he has more time to work one-on-one with you or actually it's a little bit more in a group setting, but but he keeps the groups small so that he can be more personal with you during his MCAT cars course. Now, if you're interested in that course, I do have an exclusive $100 off coupon that you can activate using the link Medicalschoolhq.net slash Jack Weston or text the word MCAT CARS to 44222. Again, that's MCAT CARS to 44222, and that will activate that coupon for you. You've, if you are looking for some other help potentially from Jack Weston, he has a free daily CARS passages right to your email inbox. Go check it out at jackweston.com. We're going to jump into another great article. If you would like to follow along, the link to this article is in the show notes. Jack Weston back for some more MCAT cars podcast. I'm excited to dive in, help some students figure out this crazy cars world and hopefully slaughter the MCAT.
1: I love that. Yeah. Let's do it, Ryan. I think <laughs> this is going to be a very fun session, quote unquote fun. But, uh, you know, I think we'll, you and I have we'll, different
0: definitions of fun.
1: <laughs> no, I mean listen, th- this is what students want, we're going to give them what they want. So yeah. um yeah. So
0: as as I I'm I'm staring at this passage for the first time uh, that you sent me. So so that students know who are listening to this, right? I I don't pre-read these. I'm I'm reading these live for the first time. If I turned uh like click the button and opened up this passage on the 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 Mcat my i think my jaw would hit the floor to go this looks dense i don't know a lot of these words just at a, a glance what should a student do kind of mentally to avoid falling into that trap right you've talked a lot about really just having fun and try to learn something from every passage but but how do you avoid that just immediate like oh gosh this looks bad
1: It's not going to go away. I mean, we could talk about it. You could practice it. You're going to, I mean, it's natural to feel a little intimidated when you get a hard passage. So as long as you accept that you're intimidated and you embrace it, you're like, Hey, I'm a little worried about this. Then I think you're going to ease off and not be worried when you're reading. But if you're trying to fight it, trying to tell yourself, Oh no, you know, don't be intimidated and you're you know, you're trying to, your best to avoid the the stress that comes with these kinds of passages. It's going to make you more stress. It's going to make you lose focus. So I say, accept the fact that you're a little worried or a little scared of this kind of passage. Right. And, uh, just go in with the, who cares? I'm going to just try my best attitude. Mm. All you can do is your best. Yeah. You know, you can't change anything up, up, up until this point. You just can focus on right now and give it your all. And I find that, Students who are more relaxed end up doing a lot better. And that relaxation doesn't mean that you can't have fear sometimes. It just means that you've accepted your role in, in, as a test taker and you will just embrace whatever comes your way after you've maybe cried about it a little bit. You know? <laughs> yeah,
0: but, I know. yeah, I know. I love that because it's very similar. I, I'm very interested in meditation, although I don't practice it. Um, but from what I've learned and, and listened to people who do meditate, uh, a lot of people assume that meditation is just clearing your mind and thinking about nothing, but it's actually quite the opposite. It's it's really accepting whatever thoughts come into your mind, acknowledging them, and then just throwing them away, right? So it's very similar to what you're saying here is acknowledge that fear of like, oh, this looks hard and going, okay, but I'm still going to move on. I Hopefully I'll learn something, right?
1: That's it yeah oh all right
0: so if you want to follow along again the, the way that we recommend using this podcast is to to print out this article or pull it up on your phone while uh you are listening to this podcast read it before we read it and and try to come to your own conclusions and then listen to the episode
1: and see how you did so yes exactly so what do we have in store for us today so, I, I offer a free trial session on a weekly basis. It's a live session. And I normally go over the same passage with students where I break down the fundamentals, how to read, how to answer questions. And I always get a question from students that go, uh, you know, along the lines of, what about harder passages? What about philosophical passages? These are harder to read, not because they're denser, they're harder to read because of the intimidation that comes with dense density. So I typically stay away from these passages until midway through my course. Once you've gotten the basics down, you have to really stick to the basics to fight that intimidation, to get through that scary stuff. And today, hopefully if you've attended a trial session or you're curious about how we approach philosophical passages. You'll get a sense for how I like to look for those fundamental parts of the passage, regardless of how dense or scary the essay is. Hmm.
0: Okay. All right. Ready to rock this one? Yeah, let's go ahead. All right. So first paragraph History, or at least the study of it, is in bad shape these days. All right, so short first opening sentence here, the author giving us a perspective on the study of history and, and how the author doesn't think it's doing well these days.
1: Right, and this seems easy enough, right? Yep. It doesn't seem so philosophical, just saying history isn't really recorded well or or at least isn't isn't in the shape it used to be, mm-hmm. okay?
0: Almost everyone agrees that knowing history is important, but in the United States, except at the most elite schools, the study of history is in free fall. All right, so the the kind of expanding on what history potentially is in bad shape. And so the author is saying that the study of history in school is
1: not doing well. Exactly, good. So in the US, it's important, mm-hmm. but what does free fall mean?
0: Uh, free fall, just bad in my mind, just to, to paraphrase free fall and bad. Yeah, uh, it's
1: plunging. It's, yeah. it's not important anymore, yep. at least
0: in the context provided. Yep. Good. Our age seems to share the skepticism voiced by the German philosopher G.W.F. Hegel, uh, who lived from 1770 to 1831, when he said that the only lesson history teaches us is that nobody ever learned anything from history. <laughs> uh, okay, so the it, it sounds like this German philosopher here from a long time ago is saying that that the only thing we can learn from history is that nobody learns from history.
1: Right. And that, that's a very dim way of looking at history. Right. Yeah. And that, that contradicts what most people in society think about history, right? Never forget, learn from the past. So this is starting off in a very negative way towards history. Go mm-hmm. ahead. Why?
0: So the the author presenting this question of why Hegel thought that. The present is always new and the future is untested, leading many to sympathize with the American businessman Henry Ford's pronouncement in 1921 that history is more or less bunk. Uh, all right, so the, oh man, the present is always new and the future is untested. and I'm assuming that's the author's point of view. Uh, and and that point of view is why we sympathize or agreed with Henry Ford saying that history is bunk, like it's not important.
1: Exactly. So the whole point of history is you learn, right? So that if it happens again, you know what to do. Mm-hmm. But here, the author is challenging that kind of idea by saying, "Look, th- there's new stuff coming up every day that you can't necessarily apply." Um, from the past, right? You can't, or you can't use this new stuff that you're learning the future to apply it to the, you know, ongoing future. Yeah. Whew. All right.
0: Yet the very same Hegel also argued that although things do indeed always seem unprecedented, history does actually give us a clue as to our ultimate ends. All right. So it looks like there's a little contradiction here. Hegel, um, who said that nobody learns anything from history is also saying that while things are new, history does tell us where we're going to end up.
1: Yes. And notice it says history does actually give us a clue as to our ultimate ends. Mm -hmm. So what is history all about here? Mm, I don't know. Us. Ourselves. Mm. So this is. Tell, telling us that history can teach us about ourselves in yeah. some way. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think that's important. It's not about like other societies or other other things. It's just about us. Now, yeah. let's see how the author describes this a little better. I mean, hopefully they will. Um, we You never know what they're going to do in the next paragraph. Let's go <laughs> ahead.
0: <laughs> we never know what those crazy cars writers and these authors okay. are going to do to us. All right. And be paragraph.
1: okay with anything, right? Yeah. That's part of the embrace that we were talking about, Mm -hmm. accept whatever comes your way, let it flow. Read it to the best of your abilities. You don't have to understand everything we just read. As long as you know that history is seen in a dim light and that maybe there's another way of looking at history that could be helpful, you're fine.
0: Yeah. In the great words of Dory from Finding Nemo, changed for the cars section, just keep reading, just keep reading. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. We are a peculiar species. What is it to be the creatures that we are is always a problem for us, in part because we make ourselves into the kind of creatures that we are, and because we explore this in all the different ways we live out our lives, individually and collectively. Wow, uh, I have no idea what that sentence just said. <laughs> okay. uh, other than kind of the takeaway is, uh, I think uh, obviously we're a peculiar species. So, so the author is saying, hey, we're different than other species, um, and that we uh, just the, the very end of the sentence, the way we lives our li- the way that we lives our the way that we live our lives is both individually and collectively as a society.
1: Okay. I would, I'm going to ask you to keep reading because yeah. I don't want you to lose the sight of the author's like picture. Okay. So what I, when you get harder passages like this, yeah, I recommend reading con- continuously, just keep reading, not, not like the whole thing, but stop at the end of the paragraph and then formulate what you think is going on. Okay. And that's okay. When you read harder passages like this. Now, here's a big tip. Look for common kind of sentences that everyone can understand. Those will give you a lot of clues. Okay. So if I'm reading this, I'm looking for things that make sense to me, really make sense to me. Stick to the, those things. But don't be afraid of other sentences around those, uh, around those obvious sentences that help un- make the picture more realistic or may- make it more clear for you. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: The study of history involves not only telling stories or piling up facts. right, so kind of a straightforward sentence here of of what the author thinks history is or the study of history is or isn't. Um, In its larger structure, it is the account of humanity experimentally seeking to understand itself in all the myriad ways in which it gives shape to itself in daily life. And also how historical change is intimately linked to changes in our basic self-understanding. Ooh, all right, so the the author here kind of defining history for us in, in the author's point of view, right, is uh, seeking to understand ourselves and, and how it shapes what we do and uh, kind of
1: how we understand ourselves. Great. This expands on the previous paragraph because the per- previous paragraph was talking about how history is really just us and not just a bunch of facts. Yeah. Right. And so this is expanding on that and giving us a better idea of where the author is going with history. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: As Hegel put it in a series of lectures in 1822 to 1830, we, in quotes, are peculiar, peculiarly <laughs> uh, our own products, and the philosophical study of history is a study of how we shape-shifted ourselves across time so again going back to this word peculiar right that, that the author used at the, the first sentence of this paragraph uh hegel saying that we have this study of history and how we are changing because of that how we're how we're sh- uh shifting ourselves right going back exactly to us. so
1: history is more of a study of our own changes mm. changes you know basically making and remaking ourselves mm-hmm. right so understanding ourselves over time that is the key so how we change over time is is the definition of history to at least to hegel yep
0: Who? all right so
1: that was uh, an
0: interesting paragraph rough start, very, but yeah
1: very deep right and one of the things i'd like to address um with students is look if it's a harder passage it's actually much easier for you because you don't have to keep track of as many ideas, right? Usually harder passages have harder ideas, but less of them. It's those really easy passages that scare me because if you're not careful, you're gonna make a lot of easy mistakes. So when you get an easier passage, you have to be way more careful with every paragraph, every sentence you read. When it's a harder passage, it's not that you have to be careful with every sentence, but you have to get the gist and, and make sure you really understand that, that difficult concept or else you're gonna miss a lot of questions. So just keep that in mind. It's not always bad to have these harder passages. I actually recommend them. I, I hope that my students get them because they end up being a lot easier for my students who mm-hmm. really understand the basics of this test. Okay. okay. All right, next paragraph. No one
0: ever conceived of a more sophisticated and dynamic philosophical history than Hegel. So the author here still talking about Hegel. Apparently, the author likes Hegel. Potentially, um, so this the author saying that Hegel here, uh, oh man, conceived of a more sophisticated and dynam- dynamic philosophical
1: history. I don't really know what that supposedly means. I mean, just saying Hegel was the most philosophical when it came to history, mm. right? Okay. I mean, like, can you? Would you disagree with that? Look at how Hegel perceives history, right? Yeah. So he just perceives it as understanding the changes of, 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 our, t- of our own, right? So mm-hmm. not necessarily different facts and stuff that you learn. Yeah. Okay.
0: His system is built around three fundamental ideas. So the author here is going to dive into how Hegel thought about history. What, do we already know
1: how he thought about history? Kind of, that history is about ourselves. Good. So, what what is this sentence about to do? What where are we going with this paragraph? And we're gonna dive deeper into why it's about ourselves. Maybe. Well, it's built around three fundamental ideas. Mm-hmm. This notice it says the system, his system, yep. is built. Do we already know that system?
0: Mm, I don't know if we know the system, but we know what the the endpoint of the
1: system is. Well, I mean, that is a system, right? The system of history is just studying ourselves, the changes of ourselves over mm. time. Okay. Now it's expanding on that. So everything else that's coming up is simply going to discuss at least the ideas that kind of help f- fill that in, form that idea. Mm-hmm. So which, what do you think is more important, knowing these different three fundamental ideas or the actual system that these ideas kind of build on? The actual system exactly. So when you're reading this stuff, I'm not, I'm not going to ask you to kind of close your mind to it. Obviously read it, try to associate it to that system, but understand why the author is discussing it. Mm-hmm. It's discussing it to build further evidence for Hegel's system, which we already know, right? So I think you'll be fine as long as you try to understand these different three fundamental ideas without being so worried about, how they necessarily play in a role with that system, as long as you know it's all supporting Hegel's idea of history. Mm.
0: Okay. First, the key to human agency is self-consciousness. So uh, this first idea, right, is is self-consciousness is the key to us being humans. I think most people would agree to that. For people to be doing anything in any real human sense is to know what we are doing as we do it. All right, so just kind of a definition of that self-consciousness. This applies even when we are not explicitly thinking about what we are doing. All right, so just expanding on that definition. Here's a simple example. As you are reading this, suppose you get a text message from my friend, quote, what are you doing? Uh, All right, so kind of going with an example here. You immediately reply, I'm reading a piece on Hegel. (laughs) You knew what you were doing without having to have a separate act of thinking about it or drawing conclusions. All right, so just an example of what this self-consciousness may look like. Without any further thought, you knew that you were not skydiving, (laughs) taking a bath, gardening, or doing the crossword. Yes, that is true. (laughs) Thank you, author. Brilliant. Uh, you didn't look around and infer from the evidence. Correct. Uh, and this this author is really diving into this example here. You didn't need any particular introspection. No, we did not. <laughs> in fact, in uh, Hegelian terms when i want a name after myself like that in grey grey gray, gray gray-ian terms what would what would <laughs> it be for me anyway uh, in fact in hegelian terms when you are doing something and you do not know at all what you are doing you're not really doing anything at all wow um interesting so the author here kind of extrapolating what this self-consciousness means and what hegel would uh, define it as is if you don't know what you're doing, then you're not doing anything at all. Kind of going back to the example, you know, you're reading this paragraph because you were able to text back your friend and say that you're reading about Hegel. Uh, so you must be doing that. Whew. Okay. Very interesting. Instead, stuff is just happening, as in you're not doing anything at all. So just expanding on that last sentence to be sure, sometimes we are only vaguely aware of what we are doing. Correct. Okay. Wow. Uh, however, even our often more distanced reflective self-consciousness is itself only a further realization of the deeper and distinctly Hegelian self-relation. All consciousness is self-consciousness. Wow. I think that was a lot of example that we didn't really need. I think most people understand what self-consciousness is.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, so my question to you is, what is more important, that you know the idea is related to a system or exactly what that idea is, the first fundamental idea is? Is it more important to understand the definition of self-consciousness or is it more important to understand that self-consciousness is a part of the the system that hegelian hegel kind of used right which is building upon history as a, a function of understanding ourselves yeah that the the latter yes exactly so don't get too tied up on all this stuff try to try to zoom out that's what i like to tell students zoom out and think about why it's being said don't just dive into it mindlessly without really understanding how the passage flows, Mm. especially for harder passages. You have to know where we're going. I like to always ask myself, why are we talking about this? Why did the author bring this up? Where are we right now relative to where we were? These are ways that can prevent you from getting lost in all this jumbo mumbo lingo on consciousness. That doesn't really matter, right? And I was afraid, because when you're reading, you're really contemplating this idea of consciousness and, and all this stuff, and you may actually lose sight of that bigger picture. They're yeah. not gonna ask detailed questions about the consciousness, I promise you, they're not gonna do that. Yeah. What the test will do is, why did the author bring up consciousness? Yeah. What does consciousness provide us? It provides us a basis for understanding history. Does that make sense? Yeah. Our, ourselves. That's it. it, So you already know the main idea, the big picture. All of this other stuff is filler designed to distract you at this point. Yeah. Okay.
0: I I can almost see a student freaking out going, oh my God, there's going to be a question about like uh, in Hegelian terms, if you are – uh, sitting on the couch, watching TV while also reading a, a, a article on your iPad. Are you actually doing something or nothing, right? It's like, no, yeah. wait a minute. No, that's not what it's about.
1: Yeah, exactly. They They get too tied up on random sentences that mean nothing to us. They're not going to ask questions like that. And if they do, I promise you it's going to revolve around the idea that history is about understanding changes of ourselves, mm. right? So it all comes back to that idea. Like the, t- the test is very predictable. They like to test the main idea. They like to test the bigger picture. So yeah, should you know what consciousness is? At a, at a basic level, you should, right? But getting too deep into it, you're gonna mess up. It's gonna mess with you. Yeah.
0: All right, next paragraph. Secondly, Hegel thought that self-consciousness is always a matter of locating ourselves in a kind of social space of I and we. All right, so more of this self-consciousness and uh, uh, how it potentially relates to uh, social space, the people around us, I and we. Saying I or saying we is just speaking from one of two sides of the same dialectical coin. All right, so this, uh, this one I would think most students would go, I have no idea what that means. Hopefully, I can keep reading, and the author will give me an example of what that is. I don't know what a dialectical coin is. Right, I can keep going as long <laughs> as you know we're talking about yep. I and we. Yeah, I and being... we, yep. In many cases, we seems to add up to lots of instances of I think or I do, but in its most fundamental sense, we is just as basic as I. Wow. Okay. So again, I, I'm just thinking, okay, I and we, this is kind of related to self-consciousness somehow. And it's all about history being about us. <laughs> I'm going to oh, keep yes, reading but, and hope. But
1: notice the first sentence of this paragraph, I think is the most important. It says that self-consciousness is always a matter of locating ourselves in a kind of social space. Yep. So now we're talking about social space, right? So I'm thinking of society, yep. I, we, etc. Okay.
0: Yeah. each individual self-consciousness is fundamentally social. So now we're kind of getting into society as a whole, right? Every, everyone's sentence, self-consciousness.
1: Yeah, sorry to interrupt you. This is the sentence that matters, right? Like I tell students, look for very basic kind of sentences that make sense and let that be the basis of everything else you're reading in this paragraph. So good. Okay, go ahead.
0: Whew, all right the generality of the we manifests itself in the individual acts of each of us but we is itself nothing apart from the individual acts of singular flesh and blood agents all right so the author here basically saying we is just a bunch of eyes i think singular flesh and blood agents so right
1: very complex here yeah, go ahead
0: getting back into the society right when I know what it is that I am doing. I am also aware that what I am doing, so to speak, the way we do it. Wow. Um So the uh, the uh, the author's saying again the self-consciousness in social space. When I know what I am doing, then I know what we are doing. Maybe.
1: Yeah, okay. <laughs> You know, it, it, we now know there are two different ideas that, that help us understand history, yep. right? So notice this paragraph doesn't even talk about history, right? Yep. But this is all trying to form the, the Hegel's definition of history. So if you're losing sight of that idea, which most students would by now, right? Yeah. We've talked about two different ideas. You're not going to do well on these questions that they're going to have for mm. this passage. Yeah. So don't lose sight of that bigger picture. Don't get too tied up on I and we and, you know, self-consciousness, et cetera. Just know that one of the ideas is self-consciousness. The other one is how self-consciousness helps us locate ourselves in society. Mm. Other than that, uh, you don't really have to understand much, much else. Like what is this flesh and blood sentence and stuff like this is really difficult and complicated. It's not necessary. Yeah, I,
0: I can see a student using the their wet erase kind of uh, booklet that you're given at the MCAT, going, okay, I and we and drawing lines and trying to figure out how this all relates and going, <laughs> yeah. ah,
1: I don't know, <laughs> oh, rereading it a bunch of times exactly. and then ultimately just giving up and skipping <laughs> this test or this passage, avoiding, <laughs> yeah. just going right to the end, avoiding. I give up. Yeah, yeah, I give up. Yeah, you. That that is the key. Don't give up. Yeah, just keep going. I promise you, everyone else sitting in that test center looking at this passage is feeling the same exact way you are. When I, when I think that way, I laugh, I go, wow, I can't believe they threw this at, at, in there, you know, yeah. but that doesn't mean I can't find the bigger ideas. You know, yeah. as long as I keep track of very important sentences, I should be able to do this.
0: Yeah. Whew. All right. Uh, so again, we're still on Hegel history is about us. <laughs> uh, all right. Next paragraph. It is a mistake to think that one side of the coin is more important. I is not merely a point without further con- content absorbed completely within a social space, a we, nor is we the social space merely the addition of lots of individual I's. All right, so just more of this confusing I and we, uh, but but I, I think the first part of the sentence one side of the, the mistake is thinking one side is more important. So thinking maybe I is more important than we. So I think the author is saying that maybe we're both important. Exactly. That's all you need. Go ahead. Whew. All right. Without practitioners, there is no practice. Without the practice, there are no practitioners. Wow. All right. It's getting, getting a little, uh, Getting a little crazy here. Uh,
1: it's the chicken and the egg, right? Yep. So you just this is an example. Just you know, understand that both are important.
0: Yeah. So I, I could rephrase that quickly based on that first sentence. The the without I there is no we. Without we there is no I. Yep. Right. Yes. They're both important. This is sometimes hard to see. Yes. And read apparently, dude. All right. <laughs> uh, often the I tries to separate itself from the we and rebel against it. So the, talking about uh, uh, sometimes the I, right? Individuals try to try to separate themselves. Think of existentialism. So existentialism, I don't know the definition off the top of my head, uh, but apparently I would say if I were to give it a definition just based on the previous sentence that existentialism is when an I tries to separate from the we.
1: <laughs> Just acknowledging yourself, yep, right, in society, yeah. Okay.
0: okay. Sometimes the I tries to absorb itself fully into the we. All right, that seems different than separating itself, right? The I is now absorbing itself. Uh, think of what totalitarians dream about. Okay, so the, I guess the opposite of ex- existentialism is totalitarian uh, totalitarianism.
1: Right, but should you be tied up on these words? Nope. Nope, not necessary. Okay.
0: Sometimes the I tries to stage manage the recognition it seeks from the we by pretending to be what it isn't. Uh, all right, so again, the just individuals trying to pretend what they aren't, to be what they aren't. Uh, think of the con artist, right? That makes sense. I think most people will know what a con artist is. So pretending to be what it isn't. All of these deficient forms of I and we make the various, make their various appearances in history. Wow. All right. So I think the, the key to this paragraph is really that first sentence saying that um, both are important and one is not more important than the other.
1: Yeah. And as I was reading this, I'm thinking to myself, where's that third idea? right? Mm-hmm. Is this the third idea? Maybe. It doesn't matter. They haven't really uh, explicitly said which one is. Mm-hmm. All I need to know is Hegel's definition of history, which is basically forming ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. The changes of ourselves is, is analyzed. Um, and there are three bases, right? Three foundations. One of them is just under having self-consciousness. The other one is having a sense of society. And I guess a third is knowing the difference between us and society, right? But they're both equally important. So if you know, if you know that, I think you're gonna be fine. The questions they're gonna ask revolve around Hegel's definition of history. Everything else is supporting that idea, right? The the different I the different foundations are just giving us more evidence for this.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. So that definitely is a great example of a passage of of an article where it's very easy to get caught up in the micro sentences and words and definitions. And when you really need to, I think the term you used was zoom out, right? And just look at the macro picture. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Zoom out like an iPhone or your camera and think, why am I here? Why am I discussing this? Why am I reading this?
0: Right. And, <laughs> I, and I think students do a great job of asking that the whole time. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this?
1: <laughs> yeah, as you're reading, ask yourself, why is the author painting this picture? You want it, to it, it's really not different from what a physician does, right? Mm-hmm. When you get into a patient's room, you're asking yourself, okay, what is what does the patient worry about? It might be different one than what the a doctor actually thinks is the problem, right. Mm-hmm. So being, a, being aware of the author or the patient and their thoughts, their desires, but keeping track of what really matters, right, and is, I think, important here. And, and it's, it's something that can, can easily be applicable to everything that you look at when it's around humans interacting with one another.
0: All right. So there you have it. Another great episode for you. Again, hopefully you are following along. You're pre-reading these articles. You're pre-trying to figure out what's going on. And then you're listening to the episode and really getting an understanding of where you went right, where you went wrong, and how you can continue to strengthen your ability to understand what the author is saying, which will help you understand what the test writers and the question writers are going to want to know. Again, check out Jack Weston and the MCAT Cars course and see when when the next course is starting. He has them about every month. And the earlier that you start it, the better, because the skills that you learn in this course will help you on every section of the MCAT. Have a great week. We'll see you next time here on the MCAT Cars podcast.